Welcome to episode four of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast, a weekly podcast for longtime friends. Invite you to join us as we talk about sports, beverages, and various shenanigans. Our sports nuts this week are Chris Collette, and we're bringing in a special guest star uh, all the way from Roanoke, VA, Cole Huffman's coming in today. Ahoy! <laughs> was not what I was expecting, but let's go with it, Cole. Before we get started this week, I do want to thank AWOL for filling in for me last week. Uh, the day of recording, I came down with strep, so I sent Chris to the bullpen. He saw a star in the making over there, called in AWOL. Uh, while I'm glad I missed all that pregnant wives conversation y'all tried to have, I don't know why y'all went down that road. Um, I am glad to show up this week to squelch any baseball talk we got going on. And starting this week, we are now live on both Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at SportsNutsPod. Please down, download, rate, and listen. So, enough of that. Let's start off this like we do every week and tell the world what we're drinking this week. Chris, what's in front of you? Uh, I got an ice cold Bud Light because my wife's still pregnant. Uh, <laughs> almost 40 weeks. So, uh, yeah, I got to stay sober enough to drive her to the hospital if I have to. So, just a nice cold Bud Light. Cole, coming from the bunker, what are you drinking down there? What are we not drinking this week? We've got Cougar Bait. Then if the Cougar Bait's not good enough, they added a little bit of Cougar Bait Lime. Got some tangerine wheat from Lost Coast out there in California. They're doing a great job. And then if we need something to really hit the palate, we have a strong IPA here from Three Notch. Has a logo's pretty cool. It has three axes on the logo. The heavy <laughs> IPA. We know all about the axe throwing. Can we get everybody in podcast land to raise your hand if you care about the logo on Cole's beer today? Exactly. Nope. <laughs> I'm going with uh, Eagle Rare. It's a 10 year aged bourbon. Uh, one of my favorites. Good quality um, brown 2-0 right here. We got a heck of a lineup for everybody this week. We're going to dive uh, straight into fantasy sports. We're going to talk a little preseason NFL. We have college football coming up. We may even spend a little time bashing Texas. When I told, when I asked Cole if he would jump on the podcast, his only request was to uh, talk a little XFL now that we have some logos and team names. So let's get to it. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face -face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. This week, we need to make sense of fantasy football. So tomorrow starts our annual fantasy football weekend. Uh, myself, Chris, Hickman, Awal, Cole are five of the 14 in our most talked about, most thought about fantasy football league. Now, we're not going to bore you with all the intricacies of our fantasy, of our favorite fantasy league, but we do want to let you know it's a league of 14. We do uh, every year. We get a cabin up in the Smokies. We normally have about 12 of the 14 or so show up. It's basically just a good time of college friends gallivanting together, acting like straight middle schoolers for a couple of days. Um, so it's probably why we may be a little giddy tonight. We got good times rolling in starting tomorrow. But Chris, let me start with you. What does fantasy football mean to you? Fantasy football, it's it's just a fun time. Uh, lots of laughs, lots of memories. Uh, to be candid, uh my first real time I met you all, uh, you all being Logan Hickman, was with their fantasy football draft. Uh, it was my freshman year in college. So 
got it started off right. Just, I love it. It's, it's just friends and fun times. Cole, you are uh, not exactly a stellar fantasy player, but what does fantasy football mean to you? Um, thank you for those kind words, Logan. Um, <laughs> really appreciate that. No, what it does mean, I, I was late to the game, honestly. I'm probably one of the younger guys in the league as far as tenure in the league. But um, I was just welcomed with open arms, you know. <laughs> but getting to hang out with you guys, get to know everybody, it's definitely something the past seven years I look forward to every year. My second favorite holiday next to Christmas. Definitely a time that everybody gets together and a group of guys and friends from college get together and just have a good time and uh, have some shenanigans that go on for sure. Yeah, I mean, when I think of fantasy football, sure, we, we think of, you know, the draft and who you're going to pick up and who's going to be the deep sleeper and all that. But honestly, I mean, for us, I should say for me, fantasy football is just much more of it's a way for us to stay connected to, to good buddies. Um, I got guys that I'll text during a Dallas Cowboys game. Not that I care about Dallas, but we both have something on the line. It's a way for us to stay connected. And so I think it's just a way for guys to to relate to each other in a way that we don't always, you know, it's kind of an excuse for us to, to hang out and, like Cole said, act like straight middle schoolers as he's uh, already popping his second can, it sounds like. So, again, we're not going to bore everybody with the intricacies of our favorite league. Uh, I think we're all in several. But I would like to just take a little few more minutes here, just talk about some of the favorite memories that we've had uh, in fantasy football. Cole, any any favorite memories that come to mind? One that really pops out to me would be two years ago, uh, Luke Shelton not knowing how to throw a football <laughs> at level height. And me deciding to be a good idea to jump and then breaking my knee in three places. And a quick trip to the uh, – urgent care there in the beautiful Gatlinburg, Tennessee with the always wonderful staff that you find there at that urgent care and the young lady freaking out. She looked at my x-ray and you looked at her and said, you're not helping the situation. That's what you told her. <laughs> and then you just looked at me and said, this is going to be a big one. And Thanks for later, uh, ruining it. Literally ruining this flag football game. From physical therapy yesterday. <laughs> and I'm uh, glad to be on two legs, but definitely in memory. Um, <laughs> Throwing me in the back of a pickup truck, hearing people stand over me saying, oh, he's just messing with us. He's faking it, as I know my leg's broken. Um, so you're cleared now. So are we playing this year? I'm in all-time QB right here. All-time QB. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, so uh, Blake Bortles is our league right there. <laughs> and, of course, yeah. our, spirited, our spirited volleyball game last year. Can't forget that memory as well. Oh, shirts and skins. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> We uh we somehow managed to find a cabin last year with a pool in it, and it was uh, just as exciting as you would expect. Back in the day, a bunch of us, now mid-30-year-old somethings, used to always try to play three-on-three basketball, maybe some flag football when we'd get together. And as Cole mentioned, that pretty much ended uh, because he doesn't know how to land on two feet. <laughs> so, Chris, you have any, uh, any memories that, that stand out when you think of fantasy football? Uh, I was hoping Hickman would be on the pod tonight because uh, back in 2009, in the 15th round, I drafted Earl Bennett. <laughs> Glasses were shattered. And he lost his shit over that. We were at Logan's house, and, man, I think he threw his draft sheet. He threw magazine. Like, he, he, he was heated over a 15th round pick in Earl Bennett. That was by far my favorite memory as far as the actual draft. Just a classic. My favorite actually skill of my drafting was actually my first year when I drafted two tight ends. Um, and Chris on Long, purpose? Well, I did on purpose. I didn't know what I was doing. It was um, 
two, uh, two, these two gentlemen are no longer playing in the league for very different reasons. Uh, Rob Gronkowski and RIP Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> but man, they put up some points that year. Yeah, when I think of when I think of fantasy football, I mean, I think of how cool we thought we were that first year at my house when uh, we busted up one of those paper draft boards. You know, paid oh. like forty oh, bucks yeah. with, with the stickers. And we thought we had arrived. And then it wasn't a couple of years later, we were getting cabins in the Smokies with projectors because we had this computer software that would, we had intro music and would announce our team. And I remember through all that, we had that one year where Brandon Peak, shout out to Vegas, decided to draft a player in the first round, remind you, that he had no clue who he was. And so he decided to, a green. Yes, he decided to draft. He goes, um, let me get that uh, a green guy. And we just, <laughs> you just knew at the time he had no clue who it was. Uh, not AJ Green. This was uh, Packers running back back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I got one more fit story. Uh, sure. Back in uh, 2017, I may have uh, drank a lot of vodka that night. Like no. a whole lot of vodka. I know it's shocking to some of you. Uh, woke up the next morning, had had zero recollection of what my team looked like. Uh, I know I got Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson because they were two best running backs. I was like, I'm just going to spend whatever I have to do to get them. And You spent we'll, 80 bucks on David Johnson. We'll figure the rest out. Yeah, he broke his wrist game week one. Broken wrist, <laughs> out for the season. That was a waste of $80. But, sorry, buddy. I spent 80 on Le'Veon Bell last year. Yeah, that was that was just as worthless. <laughs> and uh wake up the next day look at my team and i'm like so confused i'm like man y'all, y'all are joking i i had four kickers on my roster <laughs> i cornered that market like nobody's business uh that was one of those i woke up the next day i'm like oh gosh it's gonna be a long season here and it did not disappoint and i don't know if we're all good or if we're all terrible but for some reason this league that we have uh this 14 team league there's no money involved and it is the most competitive league I'm in every year. I mean, we're going to week 15, 14, 15, and I feel like you're still staring down the barrel of, you know, five or six, maybe seven, eight teams that you think can win it. So now that we've talked enough about us, um, let's give the, the listeners out there on Sports Nuts Pod on Twitter, let's give the listeners out there a little something um, that they can take into their drafts. So what fantasy resources do you guys like to use when you're preparing for a fantasy season? Uh, I'm a big fa- fan of Mike Clay. He's on ESPN. He uses his projection models almost 100%. Uh, so his numbers are tend to be a little conservative, which I like because it's like, okay, this is kind of the baseline of what I want. I like him. I like Scott Pianowski, Pianowski from Yahoo. Solid one. And then my Twitter feed. Like I just see random stuff on my Twitter feed and that's probably 90% of my research. It's just scrolling through Twitter here and there and you're like, oh, this guy looks good. You should draft him. Yeah, I'm with you. I do love the Twitter, especially on Sunday mornings. That's when you get the the heavy info. The projections kind of weigh on me because I know all these fantasy guys, they all get together and they all you know have this big symposium and stuff. But um, I've not found one that I absolutely love resource. I kind of pull a lot of my own information together. But Cole, what do you do to draft your stellar teams? Well, the stellar teams I've had over the years, mind you, my first year, which was, oh, it was eight years ago. I was a second. Playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs here? Playoffs. <laughs> no, honestly, I still like to go for the magazine every year just as a tradition. I'm a man of uh, – Wait a minute. You say the magazine. Which the, one are you talking number about? number one fantasy football magazine. It says so are on you talking the- about Playboy right now? <laughs> so you know it's good. 
and actually just this year i kind of started following chris collette's lead a little bit and saw the power of twitter so just wait for uh friday night boys also if i want to really feel like i just want to punch somebody in the throat oh. i'll listen to matthew i'll listen to matthew barry every once in a while whoa 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 <laughs> hold up we're gonna stop the pod right there a wall chris and hickman rant and raved on, on my boy matt barry I'm not bringing a special guest, Cole Huffman, in here to he also is, downplay my boy, Matthew Barry. He is the epitome of a narcissist. Nope. All about Matthew Barry. Nope. He is mediocre. I don't know he he is he almost did, as bad as Cole with that. He directed a movie with some Australian guy in it tried to stab a bunch of crocodiles. He thinks did you say deal. he erected a movie? Directed. Oh. This isn't a blue chew ad. <laughs> No, I know I know Matt Berry gets a lot of hate, um, but it drives me nuts because I feel like, one, daily fantasy has taken over, and when it comes to information you get, it's generally all directed toward daily fantasy. But I feel like Matthew Berry is the one guy who's still out there. He's the OG who loves, just generally loves fantasy football. He every year is out there trying to get more people to play, more people to participate. His antics are a little out there. His... Writing, sure, he's got 12,000 words on Infinity War or some movie or something. 17. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the guy is one of the few who just gen- genuinely loves fantasy more than the actual game. I mean, he also talks a lot about his movie fantasy leagues and stuff like that. But the guy just loves the, the, the game. He tries to grow the game. Uh, I feel like y'all need to back off because it's like it's like talking bad about Bob Barker on the prices, right? You don't talk about the OGs. You know what? I'll give you that. You're right. It is kind of you 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 end up not liking the guy who kind of builds it from the ground up, who's known for it, and then you find a reason to critique him. I still think he's a tool, but I'll give you that. <laughs> Chris, you are the king of cheating, tricking uh, your way. You are I the don't Rick, know what you're talking about at fantasy. You are the Ric Flair of fantasy football. What are acceptable fantasy cheats and tricks that it should be allowed in every league no matter what? Uh, acceptable ones? It's kind of like poker. You find the weakest link at the table and you just take advantage of them. So at one point in the last seven years, like all seven of them, that's been Cole. <laughs> just keep offering trades till they accept. Uh, the key is you offer the two for one, which everybody knows is, a, is the worst deal in sports. You can't do but, the two uh, for one in fantasy. You offer two for one. You're like, man, you're getting two players. You got to take it. Come on, man. How many players did you offer for LaDainian Tomlinson that one year um, that you won the league? Back in like 2005, I may have given up uh, Kevin Jones, Warwick Dunn, and Lamont Jordan for in the prime LaDainian Tomlinson. That worked out pretty well. Won the championship. Well, it worked out so well we kicked that guy that traded uh, LT out of the league. Uh, Yeah, that was uh, the same guy we were drafting in Virginia one year. And he tried to draft a player in the fourth round, and David Kern, who was our former commish, literally said, no, you cannot do that. You cannot draft that player. I wish I knew his name, knew the player's name. I don't. But he was like, yeah, you can't take him here. It's not allowed. I'm, I'm pretty sure the same guy, shout out Jason Beaver. Um, I'm pretty the sure the Beave also tried to draft. Now, to be fair, this could have also been Brandon Peake. <laughs> Didn't he try to draft a guy that was already on his team like two rounds later one year? That that also happened. <laughs> it, if we had like power rankings for our league governors, no, team no team governors, yeah, team governors, uh, Jason Beavers almost at the bottom, as, about as far as you can go. Now, Josh Cooper was pretty uh, impactful. 
Oh, there's lots of similarities there. There are. Um, so now this doesn't come into play as much anymore, but the idea of not being truthful about injuries, whether it's during a trade or back in the day, I, I went through some of our message boards in our, in our Yahoo league, you know, that was back before the days of, of group text. And I, there was one on there where somebody tried to draft somebody and we all convinced him that he was hurt out for the year. Well, evidently I found out he wasn't. And so immediately after the draft, I picked the guy up. Big controversy. I feel like that's kind of done away with itself because nowadays everybody's got the same information. It's all on the internet. The World Wide Web is out there. Cole's just now getting to Twitter, but that's his fault. So I feel like not being truthful about injuries isn't a big issue anymore. But I do think, as Chris mentioned, the trade situation. Are you guys okay with three-way trades in fantasy football? Um, I think there's a, a lot to take in when you when you see those three-way trades. I've actually done a three-way trade before for one guy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Really well. How did you pull off a three-way with one guy? <laughs> Cole, that doesn't make any sense. How are there three teams involved? Do you know what a three-way trade is? Well, obviously, it's not to give you three players for one player. <laughs> Correct. This is three teams where they all mix and mingle players between them. I've never been a part of that kind of three-way. <laughs> Would you want to be? I'll try it one time. <laughs> Chris, I know you have freaked in three-way. Yeah, I, I don't have an opinion on the on three-way trades. Uh Almost guaranteed, one guy get makes out really, really well. One guy gets screwed, and one guy's kind of whatever. It's a wash. Which you can argue, and just me trading with you, one but one person's gonna come out pretty good, and the other person's gonna come out not so well. So, sure. rarely are trades equal benefit equally beneficial for both people. So, hmm. all right, well, let's head to our next segment. I've Love never it. been part. Of, I've never been part of a three-way trade before. Yeah, we established that, Cole. You don't even know what I one mean, is. Let's head to our next segment, the lightning round. All right, boys. Cole, this segment, we just kind of ask uh, for some quick hitters. I'll give you a brief story, and then I want to hear your take on it. First up, we'll, we'll send this one to you, Chris. The PGA Tour Championship is this week. They are staggering the starting scores from minus 10 to even based on their current standings. Yay or nay? I'm going to have to go yay nope. because... Uh, uh, the FedEx Cup, the point system is is almost as complicated as the BCS. So you have players on the course. Uh, if, if a guy bogeys a hole here and another guy birdies, you, I mean, it flip-flops the standings. It's kind of hard to figure out who the hell's going to win the FedEx Cup. So they kind of scrapped it and said, hey, we're going to go to this staggered score and to start. And if you're ranked number one, then you, you're 10 under. And if you're ranked number 25, you're at even par. So I kind of like it. I think it's going to... It, it's, it brings some clarity to the tournament, so I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah, first I thought it was a terrible idea, but then the more you think about it, the more you – I mean, it does provide some relevancy to the whole season. Um, and tomorrow I'm going to go play golf with you guys, and if you don't give me at least 10 strokes to begin with, it's not even going to be close. We better give Cole probably 20. Um, but that's what we do when we go play with the guys, so I'm, I'm all for doing it on the on the tour. Cole Huffman, the XFL names and mascots came out this week. What's your uh, what's your thoughts there? So as far as the logos go, eh, they're all right. As far as the team names, it's like they gave a bunch of fifth graders a case of beer and told them to start picking <laughs> out names for these teams. They literally took names from the movie Step Brothers, where the, 
where they're, they're say you need to call me Nighthawk or you need to call me Dragon. And those are actually two names of the teams in the XFL. Um, as far as trying to get away from professional wrestling and, and to be considered a serious league, they really did a sad job picking these ten, team names. Um, you have the Seattle Dragons, the Tampa Bay Vipers. You mean there's not Dragons in Seattle? They're, they're extinct now. Um, oh. I think the last one died back in 2007. Well, I'm still learning how to train it, though. So do you have a favorite team? Who are you rooting for right now, Cole, in the XFL? For those yeah. who don't know, Cole is a big-time wrestling guy, big Vince McMahon guy, big original XFL and AFL guy. Who's your team this year? you you got to give it to the guy for having the, the stones to try to relaunch the, a league like this and, and, and to actually be trying to make it considered a serious league. Probably the uh, D.C. Defenders, just because it's the closest one to my hometown. That is my least favorite one because that's the worst team name ever. The Defenders? Well, you have the New York Guardians. <laughs> Chris, let's move on because – Thank you. Cole could talk XFL all day. Bill Walton announced a baseball game. Better or worse than Pac-12 basketball games? Dumb. Um, oh, wow. Better or worse? Like, I feel like there's only better or best in this situation. Uh that's how good Bill Walton is at announcing games. He he announces meaningless games, aka the Pac-12, and he he makes them exciting. Like I'm, it's it's ten o'clock at night, and I'm watching I'm watching Bill Walton announce basketball. He announced the baseball game. I I didn't watch it, but I saw all the highlights on Twitter the next day, and it was one of the funniest things ever. I really think that CBS should uh, have him on their Masters coverage. Give him uh no. just like hole 12 or something and, and just let him go to town for a hole. It would be hilarious. No, Walton is perfect for baseball. It's boring. You have four hours to sit there, talk to talk about and think about nothing. Bill Walton's the man you bring in to have that discussion with you. Don't make him ruin golf coverage. This weekend, we've got actual college football games, Florida and Miami kickoff football season Saturday. Cole, who you got Florida or Miami? Florida. Chris? Florida. I'm going Florida, too, because I know a lot of people around here hate Florida. I cannot stand Miami, um, so so give me Florida. Uh, First-year head coaches, too, man. Uh, you got you to gotta fade them. Yeah. Sticking with, sticking with college football, Louisiana Lafayette's coach uh, this past week told all scholarships players they had to pay a minimum of $50 to the athletic fund at the school. Cole, are you okay with a coach requiring players to pay money back to the school? No, not at all. If anything, I'm, I'm on the side of I think the players should be getting paid. Are you talking right. about like players at Louisiana Lafayette should get paid? Because let's be honest, they're not generating much money. Uh, they, but they should have to pay money either. I think that, that's a ridiculous request. Uh, it's $50. They're getting a $25,000 a year scholarship to go play football at Louisiana Lafayette. If I, I mean, interrupted your dynasty, went back and you were playing EA Sports back in college, say, hey, Chris, you owe me 50 bucks. Would you be like, oh, it's just $50? If you give me a full scholarship for 25 grand a year, absolutely. Well, I think it's a bunch of BS. I think the kids are already, um, they're already on scholarship. If you say, hey, we're going to take your scholarships and, and subtract 50 bucks from it, so be it, whatever. Kids aren't going to care, aren't going to think about it. But to say, hey... We're going to make you pay to be on this team. I mean, there's, what, 85 kids, maybe 100 kids on there. Let's say there's 100 kids. 
they're each paying 50 bucks. Is that really that, is that, are the athletic fund that desperate for cash that they've got to have this $5,000? Um, it's bogus. Yeah. Something else that's bogus. University of Texas. They have sent another round of cease and desist letters to high schools all throughout the country for using their Longhorn logo. Chris, what would you like to say to the Texas athletic director? Uh, this could be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I saw a picture of the logos. One of the logos was purple, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> like, like I, I feel like every every high school kind of knock off, does a knockoff of of some kind of professional sport, college college team, something exactly. for their logo. Uh, they change the colors, and they're like, it is what it is. But Or you don't change the colors. You're a high school. Does a college not want those kids looking up and buying Texas gear because it reminds them of their high school? Yeah, it's this just makes no sense. It seems like, like just a lot of times I think people in positions of power have very little – common sense when it comes to just practical things like this where they're like they're wanting to make a big deal out of it but is it really worth the negative press to to tell three schools hey you can't use that logo anymore so you're infringing on our copyright yeah texas I, do what every other school does and charge all these high schools a dollar um for the ability to use your logo so that they're not infringing on any of your rights do you gain some support be a good uh, good citizen about this but Cole, are you going okay with Cole? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's almost as dumb as asking uh, players on scholarships to pay $50 <laughs> to uh, the athletic director's commission or whatever. Uh, it's kind of dumb. Well, what do you think, Chris? Uh, throw that one to Logan. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it on to a different topic here, boys. Something you didn't think we were going to be talking about tonight. A little Dancing with the Stars action. The uh, dancers came out. We've got Lamar Odom and Ray Lewis on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. There's no contest who goes further, is there? I uh, I mean, what kind of shapes Lamar Odom in these days? I mean, is, is he? It's three, not good. Is he 300 pounds? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it can't be good. Well, last time I I heard of him, he was like borderline suicidal over a Kardashian. Like I I don't know that it's a good idea he's on there. And uh, Ray Lewis, like, I mean, he's a real killer. So, I mean, mm. he's got some killer moves. <laughs> he does that. Um, Lamar Odom doesn't even seem like the guy that has the personality for something like Dancing with the Stars. I could see Ray Lewis getting into it, but Cole, is there any chance Lamar Odom beats Ray Lewis? Not, not a chance. I think Lamar Odom probably cokes out the first round and just falls flat on the floor. <laughs> Ray Lewis is going to go a lot further than we're giving credit for. Watch my big man Ray. I'm, I'm excited to see his moves. You actually like that guy? I mean, dude, he just has some killer moves, dog. <laughs> Guys, not only did we all make three terrible jokes, we all made the exact same joke because we are terrible human beings. All right, <laughs> let's head to the next segment. This is our chug, sip, or pour segment. So, Cole, in case you haven't been keeping up, keeping up with the podcast, I'm going to throw out a uh, an idea. You tell me, would you chug it? Would you just sip a little of it? Or would you just pour it out on the ground? I got start- I've actually, this long and illustrious podcast, I've listened to every episode three times. Thank you. Chug, sip, or pour? Cole, Little League World Series. Oh, I'm going to chug some Little League World Series. Love it. I was actually out at a restaurant the other night, and first time ever, uh, I'm with my lady, and, and she actually gave me a hard time because I pos- just positioned myself at the restaurant just to watch some of the game. 
Uh, this kid was throwing straight heat, and I was like, "There's no." <laughs> I mean, way he's throwing from 46 that. feet, so yeah, he probably throwing heat. I, I I was impressed. I really enjoyed watching. And, yeah, I mean, why not? It's kids out there having fun, um, you know, just enjoying the game. Absolutely, Chris. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I'm pouring that out. If if there was something worse than pour it out, I I would just get two handfuls of it and just pour it out. It's it's terrible baseball. The strike zone looks like 1997 Braves and Marlins. Uh, Levon Hernandez up there throwing them two feet off That's the plate. That's enough for that baseball talk. Nobody yeah, knows about. baseball what talk. What the hell Chris is talking about right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the strike zones, man. They're they're like three feet. You, you can miss a foot on either direction. It doesn't well, care. Did matter. you see the guy? Did you see the guy crouching down where his butt was pretty much on the floor? Yeah, that that's that ridiculous. Did, what about <laughs> what about the pitcher that gave up a homer and then he goes and high fives the guy that hit the homer off of him? What kind of bullshit is that? Like if if I'm 12 years old, I give up a homer. The last thing I'm doing is going to be like, oh man, awesome homer, high five, way to go. It's called like, sportsmanship, Chris. Get on get on board. Yeah, that, I'm 32 years and it still hasn't hit me yet. So a, a kid actually did that. That really happened. It Not was my kid. Well. I'm I'm gonna split the middle here. I'm sipping the Little League World Series. If there's a local team that makes it, I'll watch a little bit. But if not, it's let kids be kids. Um, next up, Olive Garden offering free food for a lifetime for five hundred dollars. Chris, chug, sip, or pour. I'm gonna have to pour that one out. <laughs> uh, I, I got a friend that that last year did it where he got unlimited Olive Garden for a year for something like three hundred bucks. He lasted six months where he, he went pretty religiously. And after six months, he was like, if I never walk in Olive Garden again, I'll be a happy man. So uh, the food's I'm, not healthy. The food's not good. Yeah, I'm pouring that out. Yeah, I'm confident I've never spent $500 at Olive Garden my entire life. Uh, I can't imagine I'll do it the rest of my life. Cole, chug, sip, or pour Olive Garden? I'm going to chug some Olive Garden. <laughs> Of course you would. Honestly, I, I feel like tonight we need to go find a homeless person and just give them $500, and they get all I've guarded the rest of their life. You, you, you do realize that sold out in about one minute, right? They will build a house out of Bridgestone. <laughs> yeah, and that has to be bad for you, Chris. You can grab some salad. All right. Yeah, he looks like it. Uh <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, cornerback for the Jaguars, says that he likes to slide into the DMs of opposing players' girlfriends before games. Cole, do you chug, sip, or pour Jalen Ramsey? I pour, Jake. Yeah, pour. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Jalen Ramsey. Um, Shout out to the Bussin' with the Boys podcast who had him on there, and he had that quote. Um, I'm going to chug that because as a cornerback, you kind of have to be cocky. You have to kind of feel like you're the best player on the field. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has no problem doing that. And just mentally getting somebody's head like that is just, it was one of the funniest things I heard when I heard about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm chugging that. What's the, you know, no harm, no foul. As long as his girl's okay with him doing that, then, then have at it, Jalen Ramsey, get in the guy's head. It's multi-million dollar sport, anything you can do to get an advantage. I've always thought this is weird. Why in the world do college football teams uh, wear Jordan brand logo stuff? I understand if you're a traditional basketball powerhouse, if if Duke wants to start wearing Jordan brand on their football jerseys, um, but it's always struck me as weird to see like Michigan or other play other teams out there. I would pour that out. I don't understand why they do it. Chris, chug, sip, or pour 
Jordan brand on the football jersey? I'll sip it. It's 100% a money grab. I mean, Nike, Jordan brand, it's the same thing. The only positive, I think, is a lot of these players are two-sport athletes and sometimes three-sport three athletes in high school. So Touché. they see the Jordan brand and they're like, oh, they, I, I like Jordan brand. So there is some there's some carryover in recruiting, I think, a little bit, but it's whatever. I'll sip it. Cole, Jordan brand, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going to go with Chris on this. I'm, I'm going to sip that. I think the, the logos, the brand, it's all parallel with each other. Um, the Nike swoosh, the Jordan uh, jumping, you know, logo. It, it's the same thing. Colleges, the SEC has started selling or have allowed schools to start selling beer at sporting events. This will get the crowd fired up. About half the SEC schools have decided they will. About half of them have said no, not yet. Chug, sip, or pour, Chris. Colleges selling beer at sporting events. Uh, I'm going to sip this one. What? Uh, yeah, shocker. Uh, I... I don't know that necessarily a college football game is, is the best place to be selling selling alcohol. Uh, if you wanted to drink, you could always sneak it in. You still can sneak it in. Nope, impossible. Uh, they have uh, metal detectors now. Yeah, because those glass bottles, I tell you what, they're real killers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm i kind of sipping it because I usually look at like the Tennessee fan base, man. You, you, I mean, they're obviously pregame hard enough. Or, or the LSU fan base. Do, do they really need to be pounding $12 beers? That's another thing why I'm only sipping it. $12 for a beer, Tennessee? What the hell? That's like, true. I ain't spending $12 for a beer. Like, get out of here. So I'm sipping it. Cole? Yeah, I'm going to completely pour it. I, I, I'm going to miss the art of the of taking it in the boot, the flask <laughs> in the boot. Are we talking about beer or something else in the boot? Maybe a little liquor in the boot, a little liquor in the sandal. You know the Reese used to sell those where you could sneak into the games in your in your sandals. I mean, it was just part of the experience. And I think we already have enough fight breaking out at football games. You're gonna have to oh please, just getting overserved now at these games. It's only gonna get worse. Wait a minute, overserved? How many people are going? How many beers are you gonna pay for twelve dollars? How much cash are you bringing that you're gonna get overserved? I've seen myself pay at least over a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I am. To me, it all depends on the college. Every every college in the SEC right now for football games and basketball games, they already sell beer and they have for years. They sell it to the premium sections. They sell it to the rich donors. They've already made that decision. They're going to do it. If you're going to sell it to them, then surely the us plebes out there in the cheap seats can handle our beer just as easy as the rich people can. But if a school wants to say, "Hey, no beer to nobody. We're a college." Most of our students are underage. Most of the times we're on campus. We don't want to do it. I can support that. But if you're going to sell it to the rich people, then let the poor people have the option to buy it. I think you'll have less people chugging beers, like Chris said, before the game um, because they know, hey, I don't have to just drink as much as I can. But then it hits me 30 minutes in inside. So I'm sipping it, but it kind of depends on how the teams want to handle that. So we've come to our last segment, picking and grinning. Oh, let me tell you about the Agave Brothers. Uh, just a little, uh, little cover band here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm from. Uh, me and a few buddies uh, playing playing around the, the city a couple times a month. But if you're looking for a, you know, high energy band for your wedding party, bar mitzvah, gala, 
uh, you know, even if you're in Tennessee, we'll travel. Just pay our expenses. You know, we'll uh, we'll, we'll be there to play your your, your parties. So no, I mean we, we just have a good time. Uh, Gabe Brothers uh, on Facebook, look us up. Cole, in this segment, we uh, we make some some sports bets. I want to know what you're picking that's going to have you grinning all the way to the bank. I'm picking Le'Veon Bell again in the fantasy draft, going for at least <laughs> 70 bucks. <laughs> but I'm also big on I'm going for the uh, my, this year I'm going for the Baker Mayfield OBJ combo. See how that pays it off for me. I like it, Chris. What are you picking that's having you grinning this week? It's college football season. First games here. I'm going Florida minus seven and a half. Uh, as mentioned earlier, the whole first year coach. I think Mullen is infinitely better than Manny Diaz. So give me Florida minus seven and a half. I'm with you on that one. I'm taking uh, I'm taking Florida. I'm pulling up the over under here because I got to have something different than you. But you're right around fifty. It's at forty seven. Okay. Yeah, give me Florida and the over. Uh, I know Miami play or Miami. I know um, Hawaii plays the uh, the second game after them. They do. Hawaii and Arizona. Oh, Arizona's eleven and a half point favorite. The Wildcats. You know what? I think I'm taking the rainbows on this one. My three picks this Uh-oh. week. I'm taking the taking the rainbows plus eleven and a half. Taking Florida, and I'm taking the over. Cole, any last parting uh, parting words here, gentlemen? This was an absolute experience. Chris, well, thanks last... for jumping on today. Uh, it has been fun. It it usually is. Shout out to McClure Boyd. You can take your T Mac and shove it. 